And welcome to the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd. You are listening live to Small Biz Matters. Another great week full of small business education, advocacy and information. And we've got a jam-packed show lined up for you today with lots of fantastic info. Let's get started. Today we're interviewing Carl Robertson and we're going to be talking about something that was very popular. Last time we had a show all about top tech tips. It was very popular on podcasts, so I thought I'd bring Carl back in again. And he's a bit of a tech head, so he's uh, very much looking forward to sharing with us some particularly top top tech products in around remote working as well as efficiency and uh, productivity. So it's important to have tech there to support your business to improve those aspects, but at the same time you can waste a lot of time testing out new products and working out which works for you. And although we are experiencing a little bit of downtime at the moment, now is a perfect time to be testing those products out, but you still don't want to be wasting hours looking at something that's not really going to work for you in the end. So in the words of Ferris Bueller, the world moves pretty fast. If you don't take to stop to take a look once in a while, you could miss it. I've been waiting for ages to use that quote, Carl. So in the meantime, let's bring in Carl Robertson, the Sales and Marketing Director at Cat Rugged Phones, to share some industry knowledge on the best tech products to help you get up and running or continue running with remote working. Welcome back to the show, Carl. Thanks, Alexi. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's, it's great it's to have you. Great to be mentioned in the same uh, ilk as uh, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do enjoy having you on the program because you're very passionate about tech products. You enjoy um, investigating and looking into them and finding out which ones are the best ones. And today we're going to take a bit of a deep dive into what works when it comes to remote working in particular. But you can't do that without looking at efficiency and productivity because, you know, these days they just are so helpful with getting your business heading in the right direction or being more time efficient and all those sort of things. Absolutely. I think uh, technology can benefit all small business owners and and um, certainly help with efficiency and uh, and automating tasks as well. Yeah. Mm, exactly. Getting, getting, getting the nitty gritty things out and paper out of the door and all those sort of things that, that really take up a lot of time. So, so let's talk about um, those products that you can um, help us out with. So let's talk cloud-based computing first of all. Just Start with the basics because there will be some people out there who are not necessarily au fait with what this means uh, and then how it works to help your business be more productive. Absolutely. So uh, so traditionally we've, we've worked on memory that's stored on devices, so whether that be on your PC or, or on your phone, for example. Um, but what we've actually moved to is now cl- cloud-based computing whereby rather than being stored on your device, it's actually stored uh, away in the cloud, if you like, which mm. is um, a series of servers that are held in a safe location and, and can be accessed from anywhere in the world. Yeah, often with higher security than most military uh, installations. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and those and those things um, we can be a little bit more assured with because over the last you know decade or so, they've become more efficient themselves. And also my understanding is that they back up to one another. So it's not just your device, your, your information, your entire business uh, data is in one place, it's actually backed up on multiple places. Absolutely. And that, that's the thing that gives you the peace of mind. Whereas you'll recall uh, early on in the days of smartphones and the like, when you'd lose your phone, you lost everything. Mm. Now, if you lose a device, there's a way to recoup it mm. if it's been backed up and, and, and it's safe. just inconvenient. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Providing that you do back it up, let's just start that off with don't forget to back up quite regularly because the main thing you've got to lose really on your phone is things like photos, which are really important. Exactly, mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, so tell me, speaking of Office Suites, can you tell me if there's really much of a difference between, say, Microsoft Office or G Suite? What's your thinking on that? Yeah, so it's, um, I guess, Microsoft Office is the traditional 
um, Office Suite that we've used and what Google have been able to do with G Suite is is replicate that in a much more cloud-friendly um, solution. So they've got spreadsheets, they've got word processing tools, uh, they've got a uh, PowerPoint-style mm. uh, presentation uh, uh, service as well and um, the key is uh, with that it's all very much geared at being cloud-based and then stored in uh, Google Drive for example which is again accessible from anywhere so that's the benefits of that. And here's a really great example of why it's really good. I'm not a fan I will say I do love my Excel spreadsheets because of all the you know the the the, um, formulas. Well, like. yeah, the formulas, they're not the same and also the shortcuts aren't the same. But I will say that my daughter uh, actually created a um, document in, in Google Classroom and she couldn't find it and then somebody had manipulated it in her class. Someone else in the group had changed the document and wiped it yes. out of maliciousness, but we were able to find the earlier version. So hooray <laughs> for Google. Brilliant. Well, and that is one of the benefits, collaboration, which can be a good thing. Uh, and you can obviously close off files so that other people can't access it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's also one of the benefits of cloud computing is the fact that you can collaborate with team members when it's positive. Mm. And, <laughs> uh, and that's certainly yeah a great benefit in small organisations with small teams where you're looking at uh, working on a common goal. Excellent. Very good for small business too because it's relatively inexpensive. Um, Let's talk about communication tools because there's a lot of talk out there about using this because of remote working. A lot of people have got all of their workers working from home because they can. So uh, Slack is one of those communication tools. How does that work? So Slack's a great tool in that you can share files with uh, files, communicate, um, works a little bit like a messenger whereby um, you can send messages instantly, comment on the same documents, things like that. Um, you know, we've seen Zoom, for example, just absolutely go through the roof. They had 10 million users uh, in December and that increased to 300 million on the 22nd of April, they announced. Uh, that was people that were accessing meetings via their service. Mm. And the same's happened with Google Meet uh, and Microsoft uh, have also got um, their Teams as well, which is now got 75 million users. It's gone through the roof on the back of the fact that because we are working remotely, uh, people need to communicate. Mm. And so there's a variety of different tools. You've got those traditional sort of, I guess you'd say, very much messenger video based. Then we've seen new ones like Pragly, for example, which is a little bit more tries to replicate the office environment whereby you can actually set up meeting rooms that you have an avatar, for example, that you set up. You can either have video calls or voice calls with people. You can chat openly with multiple team members. It's There's been a massive push and I think you'll continue to see more products coming into that communication space. So something like Pragly, is that trying to replicate what the office environment kind of how you behave in a real life environment as opposed to everything else is I'm sitting at my desk at home and I'm just diving into um, it's a different way of looking at it I suppose Absolutely, so it's trying to replicate those water cooler moments so whereby Ah. you have that conversation, the informal chat about the sport on the weekend or a latest movie you've seen Um, it's got that ability that you can either leave it open so everyone can talk openly while they're at uh, their desk you can silence it so you can actually work and focus or you can as I say move to a room just to talk with particular team members. Oh I see, so it's keeping the constant conversation and chat which a lot of us miss with working from home uh, that's always open but you can also I like the idea that you can sort of put in your headphones and just silence it and not hear what's going on yep and that's nice because that's one of the things that we're missing out on is that human connection between people that 
you know, we're losing with being um, remote working. Absolutely. I think um, the key with all these communication tools is is just to find the best tool that works for your team. Mm. I think there are so many. It literally could be WhatsApp or House Party if you run quite an informal uh, business. But if it is structured and you want to use something like Skype or, or um, Google Meet or whatever it may be, that might be the right option for you. If it's client-facing, you probably want a professional service. If you do have an informal team, then Skype or or um, WhatsApp might be the right solution for you. So it's just about how you best communicate with your team. I like that approach that you look at the way um, a particular software product behaves in terms of its professionalism to choose which ones you use in which scenario. That's a really good way of approaching it because the whole app stack thing, that's a word that I haven't heard in the last few months, app stack, because I think people are fearful of having too many products one on top of another. How many different versions of online meetings do I need to learn how to use? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, you're, you're absolutely right. I think if you go back to the good old days when you were submitting your resume for jobs and you know people had nicknames at hotmail.com, for example, it wasn't the most professional thing. The same thing goes for using communication tools. If you're a lawyer, you probably don't want to send a house party invite to another lawyer or, or something like that. You actually want to use a professional service because it, it does reflect your business. And can I ask you how concerned should um, the typical small business owner be in terms of cybersecurity? I know that with government organisations, they won't use Zoom because yes. of those concerns around um, hacking. Um, should we be looking at these programs the same way? Should we be conscious about who owns the programs? Like WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, for example. Should should we be aware of who owns what? Yeah, so um, Zoom have done a lot of work on their security and, and they will continue to work on that. One of the issues with Zoom is the fact that essentially it's a, it's a code that gets sent out. So if anyone gets that code, they can access that. So um, there's no doubt that encrypted services, if you are concerned about privacy are the better options and that's where you might want to go towards some of the Microsoft products for example mm. and and, um, and some of those more established options rather than some of these startups that have new technology that is uh, potentially able to be accessed by others. Yeah so again look at it, what you're using it for and, and what it is that you you know is it client facing is it particularly sensitive information that you're discussing and, and whether or not that works and then Absolutely. you know at the end of the day you can always pick up the phone and have a phone call. Yes, have, yeah, they still have, exist. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, that's, that's still a thing. <laughs> Although I will say at the beginning of all of this, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but you'd make a phone call, it would go, this network is currently not available. So what? Like phones actually struggled with the amount of volume that was coming through on those on those lines. Yeah, I, I think uh, you, we certainly saw uh, internet services, for example, being drained as well because there was that demand mm. um, from people working from home rather than on the the built up city environments. Yeah, exactly. Although even in Hornsby, it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about uh, another aspect, which is note taking apps. Now these have been around for a while. Evernote is particularly popular where you can. And, you know, you can make notes and make reference to articles and re research that you'd like to read later on. You can notate them. Why are these, uh, why is this a useful tool in your app stack? Yeah, I think it, it comes back to that collaboration, that idea of collaboration. So um, the idea that you can um, store notes, you can store web pages, you can store um, projects, for example, and multiple members of the team can have access to that. So obviously it's, it's important for you because you can then not lose your notes. Mm. Um, but if you're looking at a collaboration concept, then you can share that with others and, and that can make it a lot more open and, and replicate what we traditionally have in the office whilst you're working remotely. 
It sounds to me like we're starting to sort of stick things together. We've got our little business in the middle of a circle and then you've got all these apps that are sort of tacking onto the outside of them. At this point, when we're starting to build um, more and more uh, software collaboration, should we be starting to say, well, I'm not going to start taking on that particular software until it actually integrates with another one? Is that Should that be part and parcel as you build your, your business? I would say yes. However, I would also say if there is a solution out there that fixes an immediate problem in your business, mm. then it probably makes sense to have a good look at it and decide whether it's it makes sense to implement it now. But you're absolutely right that you can uh, go about having 15, 20 different tools that you don't use. But if you know that you've got an essential tool mm. that's going to benefit your business, then absolutely you, sh- you should look at implementing it. And don't forget yeah. about deleting apps off your phone you're not using because <laughs> otherwise you'll just be drowning and you won't be able to find what you actually need. Absolutely. Um, so I think that this is a, a good point to talk about um, how to research that technology. We're talking a lot about teams. We're talking a lot about remote working. What's a good um, implementation tool, like not implementation tool, but just a way of implementing new products to make sure that your staff are coming on board? What are your tips on that? Yeah, so I think um, certainly the research uh, online and, um, and the first place to start is probably the product website or the product or service website and just to understand exactly what are the features and benefits that they're promoting? I guess no one would talk about their product better than the people themselves. Mm. So that's a great starting point. And then from there, you can look at reviews, for example. So you can look at Google reviews, Facebook reviews. Um, one of the tools I think that's a really good option is if uh, if you see that they've got Facebook posts, to actually look at the comments on the Facebook posts because often that's when the people that are either really happy with the service or not that happy with the service uh, or product or service will actually comment about it. And that's mm. when you actually see some truths. Um, whilst they may have been moderated, um, you actually will get some feedback on the back of that. So I think that's a great option. YouTube videos. Um, you know, I think we're going to talk about YouTube videos a little bit later, but I think um, they are a fantastic source of uh, of researching products before implementing them. Mm. Again, you'll hear some truths from reviewers uh, and then you also get some marketing spiel from the company themselves. So um, that and then expert reviews as well. I think there's a lot of people in the tech uh, space that are willing to provide comment on on new tools. Yeah, Yeah. there's some great articles out there with um, exactly what we're talking about today with some more industry-specific. And don't forget about your professional association as well. If you've got a really specific problem you're trying to solve, particularly for your clients, they may be able to give you some advice. And if you've got a mentor in this space as well, you can talk to them and find out what they're using. Talk to your community. Don't forget to keep in touch with everyone, even though you're not necessarily going to networking meetings and that sort of thing. But ask for advice. You know, everyone's happy to help each other out with with relation to this. So you mentioned video-based education. Um, I'm a big fan of this because the number of times I've, you know, how do I do this, Google, not Google, but search for how do I solve this problem? And it's actually solved by someone doing a, you know, step-by-step instructions in a YouTube video. Is that the best thing about YouTube? That is one of the best things about YouTube. Absolutely. So um, Cisco said that by 2022, 82% of all internet traffic will be video streaming and downloads. So what that tells us is that we're going from very much a word-based internet to a video-based internet. And the reason is it's so simple. It's so easy to shoot a video now. And and I think what we've gone through over the last couple of months has also made uh, people able to shoot video that is informal and people accept that. Um, So literally Mark Zuckerberg was doing an interview from his home. Mm. You know, he's not with a clean background and all that kind of stuff. It's literally people are, people are actually appreciating the honesty that comes with 
these times and the fact that um, video provides an insight into who people really are. Yeah, it's funny how um, it took us being remote from one another to humanise each other once again, Absolutely. which is hilarious. Um, and it's and it's very important that, that I, I would say just now with all the amount of remote stuff we're seeing, I'm not a fan of those fake backgrounds. I'm just not. <laughs> Put a bit of effort into it, you know, clean it up in the background. Don't do it in your kid's bedroom, even though that's got the best internet. Um, but don't do one of those you know, Star Wars backgrounds or anything. People <laughs> want to see the real human that you are um, and don't make yourself look like a mannequin by putting on that um, touch-up <laughs> thing. It just it disturbs me. It kind of people look a bit, yeah, a bit sc- scary. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right because people appreciate honesty, right? Mm. I th- and I think we see honesty. Um, so just on the video side, I think it's absolutely, you can research any product and inevitably you'll probably find a video on it. But the flip side of that is you can actually promote your business on video as well. So, And I think that this is something that small business owners should really look at is if someone's researching what you do, they're going to want to see a video about something you do. So if you're an accountant, five tips um, at tax time, for example. If you're a builder, five tips for choosing the best builder. And what that also does is it makes you an authority in that space as well. So it actually reinforces the fact you know what you're talking about, you know what you're doing. Um, so I would highly recommend the video. And as I say, it can be as so as informal as on your phone recording something. But I think that's something that's really wise for small business owners to invest in. And don't forget there's multiple ways that you can position yourself as an expert. I'm going to put a little shout out here for community radio. All of you live near a community radio station and all of those stations really value and need content. So get on there and give you know, strategize and give, give them some great strategies on, on fixing this problem. Position yourself as an expert, get a copy of the, the podcast and, and put it out there and push it out there as one of your pieces of collateral. It's great PR. Absolutely. Let's talk about um, smartphones because obviously you with cat phones is, is one of is one of you're an expert in this field. Where, where is it heading? How could it possibly get even more fabulous than they already are? <laughs> well, I, obviously things are with every new phone that's released, things are, are moving further and further into the future. Yeah, and, but isn't it just a matter better of better, better. better cameras? <laughs> It's better cameras. Um, you know, at CAT, we've, for example, we've um, focused on better quality in terms of ruggedness, drop proof. Um, we've introduced thermal cameras into devices as well. So um, for builders, for example, they can spot where there's leaks or, or where there may not be ducting working. Um, an electrician go, can go straight to an electrical board, work out if something's not working. Mm. So, so absolutely in the flagships, you're seeing edge-to-edge screens. And, um, What's that? Um, so the, the oh, display edge to edge, right. is yes, edge gotcha. to edge yes. and, uh, and better camera quality. That's what they're very much focused on. But I guess elsewhere you're seeing focus on other aspects of, of what people may need. And I, see, I think it would probably be more um, focus on niches, for example. Mm. Whereas um, we are actually listening to what our users are, um, are wanting in devices and implementing that. So um, my big tip would be choose a device that works for, for you. And that's around what you're doing from a work perspective and also a lifestyle perspective. So if, if you're not taking amazing lifestyle um, photographs, you probably don't need a $2,000 um, flagship smartphone device. So, yeah, that yeah. is a good point. And it, it also depends. I mean, gone are the days when we used to have one personal phone and one uh, work phone and you know, rummaging around our handbags for both. But it's now to the point where it can be more industry specific. So aside from... This, uh, this this development with things like thermal imaging, which sounds awesome. What are some of the some of the other 
changes that are happening and maybe some into the future of what smartphones might look like in the next couple of years? Yes, yeah, so I think we've seen um, wireless charging, for example, be mm. introduced in a lot of devices. Um, we've got um, facial recognition. Um, Apple just mentioned this morning that um, they're going to be able to um, unlock your car using your, your uh, smartphone device. Right. So I think there'll be more integration in our day-to-day lives and how we implement things. And obviously the home is becoming more and more connected uh, and there's a race on between the likes of Amazon, Google and Apple um, to own the home, the connected home space. So I think there'll be a lot more integration between devices and um, and essentially yeah, it'll, we'll just have smarter homes and obviously your smartphone knows everywhere that you go. Um, so I think we'll see a lot more artificial intelligence um, come into the devices as well. Yeah, I must say though, um, just from a discussion point of view, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of AI yet uh, in terms of its practical usage. It still doesn't have the brain capacity or the understanding that humans do. I do like automation. I like the, uh, the if you can set the assumptions and you can make the device do what you want it to do at a certain point, that works brilliantly. But the AI side of things, um, in your opinion, are we... Are we far off nailing that? Is it just going to be an ev- evolution that keeps going? Yeah, I think it it will continue to evolve and um, I don't think we'll quite have Rise of the Machines just yet, but <laughs> I suspect what will probably happen is, um, you know, you see it now, for example, when you get into a car and you're about to take off and your phone will tell you it's 15 minutes to work, for example, and, and it knows that... You know, at 8am you traditionally drive to work, for example. So right. it's um, it's that kind of in implementation I think that you'll start to see more and more of. Yeah. Uh, and um, and that's where I kind of see AI getting better and better, mm. learning more about us because we are creatures of habit and, uh, and probably predicting what we're doing. Fantastic. Look, Carl, again, another jam-packed show. Thank you so much for sharing all the knowledge that you have, particularly in that smartphone space. Tell us how people can find out more about you and what you do. Yeah, so if uh, you want to jump on catphones.com, uh, that's the best place to see our devices. And, um, yeah, that'd be great. Fantastic. And you can, of course, uh, find a Carl on LinkedIn and search for him, as you should for everyone you ever connect with in the business world. Thank you again for coming on the show, Carl. Thanks, Lexi. Thanks for having me. If you've missed any of today's program, you can, of course, catch up via smallbizmatters.com.au or wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay with us because after the break, we're going to be speaking to John Shepherd from the Australian Bureau of Statistics about how you can access all that fabulous data and help your business grow. You speak, you're listening to... To Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this.